This is Plaid Hour with Austin and Kendra. <laughs> I was dressed first. I don't know. I left the house. You've been in that all day? Yes, sir. Okay. For like the past three days. Well, wow. <laughs> I win. We're going to catch you up on a lot more than what we've been wearing in this episode. There have been some huge changes on our homestead. And we're going to catch you up in this episode of Homesteady. Yeah, and huge changes in the world right now. Tonight, more than 1,300 people sickened in the U.S. At least 39 have died in this country. So unusual. The New York Department of Health required we sit 10 feet apart because the state is monitoring the 60 Minutes office where several colleagues have the virus. Normally, we would catch up on all of the headlines from around the world. But today, there's only one story the entire world is talking about, the coronavirus, a.k.a. mumbo number death. <laughs> Tensions flared at Woolworth Chalora around 7 o'clock this morning when three women became involved in a toilet paper tussle. It's crazy. Yeah. It feels like a lot of things to address. <laughs> it feels like, how can you not talk about that? Like, That's right how away. I feel. That's how I feel with the. Everything uh, you do. I'm doing these coffee talks now. On the podcast, you'll hear these soon. I'm calling them the Homesteady Coffee Break, where I just sit down and have a coffee and just talk about like what's going on. And I started it two weeks ago, and so all we've talked about is coronavirus. Yeah, that's how I feel like right now. Like that's not what this is about. No, but this isn't about coronavirus. That is happening right now. And it makes it us feel really, really good that we're homesteading. Yes, and the decisions we've made in the past few months. Yeah, interesting how having our fifth child has really gotten us in a better place through the problems that we've dealt with with our fifth child. Right. I'd say he's been the hardest. Absolutely the hardest kid we've had. By far. Yep. And he's put us in maybe the worst place we've ever, ever been as parents for a prolonged period of time. Yes. You know, we've had emergencies with the kids, but nothing that's lasted months and months and months. Yeah. And yet, he's put us and our family in a better place than we've been in when it comes to, like, homesteading and health and just even our family life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Through this. So this is going to be a story of dealing with some... Issues with your baby and how it, if you just take it on and, you know, put up your dukes and just take it on, how it's made our family better. I know. it's You need to have, like, a This American Life, like, Ira Glass. Like, so in today's episode, a sick baby, a homestead in Pennsylvania, and... Camels. Right? Let's do it. That was a great intro. <laughs> I wasn't going to say camels like that. I was going to say, and the animal you're least likely to expect on a farm or something. You know, you got to like, ah, you know, like the, the three. To get people's attention. I can totally hear Ira Glass them. saying this. Captain Mike does a pretty good Ira Glass. Mm-hmm. I can see if he would, he would do it for us. And today's, today's episode. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. 
If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. About three months into our fifth child, is that it? He was hard right out of the like gate. He was hard. Months. He's been a fussy, colicky baby from the very beginning. But we're rolling with it. We Did had. You say? We were like, we've done this before. Yeah, we've had a fussy, colicky baby. Yeah, our first was like that. So we knew what to do. You wanted to have a fifth child because you wanted to have one last. I wanted a baby, I wanted another child. And I felt like I kind of had this all like taken care of. I knew how to do it. I knew how to raise kids. I had experience with four babies already. I thought, what could be thrown at me that I wouldn't be able to handle? And you kind of wanted one that you could relish. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, we've, we've had the first kid where you're like, mm-hmm. and then the second kid where you're like, yeah, yeah. And then the third kid where you're like, oh, three now. I'm outnumbered. But then, like, number four. And, but no, it, and we moved, so it went kind of fast. Mm-hmm. Four went fast and left us, I left us hmm, saying, <laughs> we, we could do this one more time. So number five was supposed to be our one last easy, just relish this baby. <laughs> but out the mm, gate, he, relish. I mean, literally, he was the second hardest birth you had. Yep. And then he was... Um, a handful about the I mean when he came out he didn't stop crying which reminded us of our first and he didn't stop crying to this day right uh-huh Pretty he much. he's been a, a high maintenance baby but again we've had four other kids we've had high maintenance babies no biggie right and then medically he started having some issues falling off the growth curve we're watching, you know, every doctor's appointment. Oh, no big deal. Babies grow at their own rate, but this was different than we had experienced before. He fell off quickly. And, yeah, pretty extreme. That we had never dealt with before. Yeah, so the doctors wanted us to see some specialists. So we did. The diagnosis they gave us was that he, we were dealing with a milk-soy protein intolerance. That meant he was having some malabsorption issues because I was drinking milk and soy. His body was reacting to it. Everything was inflamed. He wasn't able to get the nutrients out of the milk that he was taking in. I stopped drinking milk, stopped eating things with soy. Didn't seem to help. Remember, for those of you who are listening, this is really a special episode for our podcast audience because the YouTube audience has been along for this ride for a while now. (laughs) 
uh, but we haven't talked, we haven't had a good sit down podcast chat. So I just want to remind the podcast audience, if you're not following us on YouTube, we currently have four mini Jersey cows. Two heifers and two cows. Two of them in milk. We have been milking these mini jerseys. A2A2 milk, rich cream, butter fat. We love this stuff. Yeah, we had been eagerly anticipating them to calve this fall. We had been without milk from them for a long time. Since we moved. So almost a year. Well, it dried them off. Yeah. So, I mean, we were in the, the peak of like, they ha- they literally had their... Their calvings in the fall when we started dealing with this issue, and we're getting yeah we're getting farm fresh A2, mini Jersey milk. milk, and then the doctors are like yeah Kendra's gonna have to not drink milk anymore. They every time they ask me do you drink milk, I said well I have dairy cows so yeah <laughs> I'm drinking milk. But that's okay, you know. Nothing's more important than the, the wellness of the baby. So Kay was like, all right, I'll stop drinking milk. You know what? Taking out the milk, not a big deal. Uh, no, could do it. And actually, it just that was really the beginning of your diet change. <laughs> yeah, so we took out milk and soy. Didn't see any huge improvements. We were going to specialists. We were going to doctors. I'm continuing to take things out of my diet, get down to a very basic diet, and nothing really changed. Yeah, uh, when you say you were getting down to a basic diet, eventually we decided um, Kay was going to try a total elimination diet. Now this, when you go to the total elimination diet page on Facebook, Mm. they like warn you, like, don't do this unless you have to, because a total elimination diet is not... Not a diet you want to be on for a very long time. You eliminate lots of things out of your diet to identify the problem. But when you eliminate a lot of things out of your diet, it's hard for you to be healthy while you do that. Right. To still keep up uh, breastfeeding, keep up my milk supply, to just not go crazy, and to still take care of everyone in my family who is not eating a total elimination diet. (laughs) And that's a good thing you mentioned your milk supply because the baby is breastfed this whole time. He is just on breast milk. So, right. So the whole reason Kay is eliminating things out of her diet is because the baby can actually be negatively affected by food she eats because he's only being breastfed at this time. So you start the total elimination diet. Right. And and the reason I did decided to do that instead of switching to a formula uh is because we weren't sure a formula would work. Doctors weren't sure a formula would work. So and we followed the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine's recommendation. They say to continue breastfeeding to adjust the mother's diet instead because the breast milk still has tons of good things for the baby, even if they are reacting to a certain protein that the mother's eating. So she wants to keep being able to breastfeed, so that was important to us, but that meant she would have to eliminate whatever foods were bothering our baby, and so you went down to eating, at your lowest, you were eating um, venison? Chicken, uh, venison, right, the days a, of venison. Yeah, the days of venison. 
we thought what could be the best protein just a wild meat that's out there in the forest eating all the foresty goods so i was eating venison kale olive oil and that was it that was it for like a <laughs> month yeah that was hard i got really sick of venison I don't think you realize, you, you're not like an emotional eater like I am. I'm an emotional eater. I, I can easily admit that. I, I am an emotional eater too. I think most of us are. There are emotions associated with food for us. Well, that's what I was going to say is you don't, you don't realize how much you are emotionally attached to food. Some people, like I feel like me, I will turn to food when I'm stressed. I will turn to food when I'm bored. I will turn to food when I'm happy. I will turn to food when I'm sad. <laughs> I am your classic emotional eater. But you're not like that. However, take it all away and it touches those emotions. Yeah, just think about like mourning something. Anything. Mourning anything. Mourning tea, mourning coffee. That ritual. It's the ritual that I love. I love it so much. I love waking up, and this is in December, January, like the depths of winter when it's dark and cold and you wake up and just want that warm cup in your hands. Uh, I did try, what did I try? It was just, oh, that green smoothie you made for me out of kale, remember? Oh. <laughs> because all she could have was kale and olive oil yeah so we put like kale and water and mixed it with an immersion blender it was <laughs> like vomit oh. it was chunky it was so bad yeah it was not good yeah and that's yeah i, I was really missing some coffee or tea that was one of the low anything. points oh yeah i i was depressed and i um about about a month into you being on a strict diet, mm -hmm. I am a boisterous, um, exuberant, talkative extrovert in the morning. And so I get that <laughs> cup of coffee and I'm just like, oh man, yes. So obnoxious. Not to rub it in, not, but I'm not being considerate to the person who's drinking kale vomit. <laughs> <laughs> It is like what Kale would vomit. And so it was one it too was many terrible. times of me just like, yeah, I love coffee. And, uh, and I was making like, no, no, jokes I'll do it. about what I was eating. I'll do it, babe. I'll... I wasn't. I you don't, didn't like, do it on purpose. I, yeah, I don't want people to think I was like gloating in front of you like this. No, you're just good living a normal life. I, I had kept saying all along like, babe, I will. I'll do this with you for solidarity. I'll do it with solidarity. So I said it again. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. I'll do it with sol for solidarity. And she said, okay. <laughs> All right. So about a month in. Now, it's been five pregnancies, and he's never abstained from anything in support, <laughs> right? Some husbands will, oh, she can't drink. I'm not going to drink. We'll do this together. I'll, I'll take coffee out of my diet, too. But Austin hasn't done that, Has which it? is fine. I didn't ask him You never asked me to. Never was an issue. But, but when you offered this time. You were like, yeah. Yeah, because it felt very sad and lonely on my side of table when I couldn't have coffee and you were like oh this coffee's so good oh, I was solidarity so, so I said okay and then I accept your offer about a month in from that so a month goes by 
we're both eating just venison and kale. Yeah. And still through all this, we're not really seeing much benefit to the baby. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. He was on his growth curve still, what had become his growth curve, which was pretty low. Developmentally, he was fine, but we really wanted to see some gains. We wanted him to gain some weight. So we haven't seen a whole lot of progress. If you've ever been a parent who has a child with some kind of issue that is not going away and the the quick fixes aren't helping, then you know the feeling you start diving down rabbit holes on the internet. Yeah, eventually, because you're looking for other people. You look for those people who are saying, the same thing happened to my kid, and you, okay, what did they do? What happened? How did they help their child on these Facebook communities? I found several with uh, milk. I, I started actually with the milk and dairy, uh, dairy and soy-free meals homemade meals for moms who are breastfeeding dairy and soy free very specific (laughs) because I wanted more food ideas what I could make for myself and for the kids but then once I started taking more things out I started into the total elimination diet groups and the corn allergy groups all of these different groups where you read okay their baby had the same problem what did they do okay I'll do that too and oh this other person did this well I'll do that too crazy very overwhelming and it seems like everyone's just kind of making stabs because the doctors don't have any idea what to do for these babies they don't know why this happens we asked one of the specialists that we had gone to see why 
it does this happen? Why is this issue happening? And the answer was, we don't know. This is a very prestigious hospital. Yeah. A gastroenterologist. And that was what she said. We, we don't, don't know. know. So when your specialist in this medis- medical field tells you they don't know why it happens. And uh, he'll just eventually grow out uh, of it. And until then, here's a couple kind of band-aids to use. Then you start to say, well, you know what? We can do better. We can do better. Yeah. And that's where you just started looking harder for... For better. For better. And something just kept popping up. (laughs) Camel milk. Yeah. (laughs) We said camel milk. Time and time again, for these these babies who just weren't growing, people would say, moms would say, well, I tried camel milk and I saw a change quickly. I saw weight gains. I saw they could eat more foods. I saw improvement to these babies who hadn't been improving. So that little thought was in my brain. Camel milk. Huh. We started joking about it started with her just being like hey look camel milk you know in our marriage that's how like i bring up these things right kind of like test the waters to see how it will be accepted i never made that connection now i'm going to start paying attention to every your time jokes i like more. joke about something <laughs> yeah what about yeah have you heard camel milk how crazy would that be to milk a camel and of course i was Thinking she's joking. Yeah, that would be awesome. Oh man, could you imagine the videos of like us milking a camel? That would be so cool. And then it just kept camel milk, camel milk. Yeah. We. I would forget about it, and then I'd read about it again. We were at dinner one night with your parents and some friends, and we were like, they were asking us how the baby's doing, and we're talking. We said, you know, we were doing some research, and we found out that camel milk actually could help and they were like yeah camel milk can help they have a grandbaby who's having some issues and they were doing research and they had found out about camel milk yeah they read about it too and when that happened we were like (laughs) oh we better get some camel milk before everyone else does (laughs) it's gonna be a run on camel milk (laughs) the reason why we're not going to dive into all the, the like medical side and the science behind this, but just a couple things about camel milk we, as we did this research that we came to learn. First off, it's a milk. So any mammal milk is, imagine, the, the basic nutrients for that animal to come into the world and, and thrive, right? Milk is all the things this little thing needs. So just at a basic level, milk is a really good thing for something with... Fragile? Fragile, right. It needs... Yeah, it's got the essentials. So it's good as long as it doesn't have things that are going to cause that little body to react negatively. And unfortunately, cow's milk, even A2A2, you know, really grass-fed, organic, great quality milk like what we get from our cows, it does have proteins in it that can cause allergic reactions. 
Camel milk does not. For whatever reason, milk has not, cow's milk has not bothered me before, but for whatever reason, with this pregnancy, with this baby, it, uh, yeah, it doesn't agree with him. And we don't know why. There are theories out there about why it happens. It, a lot of doctors believe it's due to the gut, all the, the microbiome that's going on, and a mother's body passing it on to her baby, which may be compromised by environment, medication, sickness, vaccinations. We don't know. Yeah. Camel's milk can help with those issues. That's the other thing. Not only is camel milk not have the proteins and things that can irritate, uh, but it has some properties unique to it that can actually help. Uh, to help support a, mi- a healthy microbiome. Right. It can help the microbiome. Uh, it can help that the flora, the fauna. What, what's flora. in your? It's a flora that's <laughs> yes. in your gut. Fauna is like a deer walking yeah. around your belly. Um, it can help rebuild that. It can also help with some. It's antiviral, antifungal. It has a, a lot of medicinal properties. And for thousands of years, camel milk has been used as medicine in groups of people that have access to camel milk. To, yeah, the camel. We'll have an upcoming interview and more about the health benefits and camel milk itself. We're not going to dive into that today. Next week's podcast episode is an interview with someone who wrote the book Camel Crazy, and we talk a lot about the medical side of camel milk. So we'll save that for next week. But we did a lot of research into this, and while there is not huge studies to back up all the claims that you'll read out there, there is a lot of evidence to suggest that camel milk could help and that it definitely would be something she could actually eat without bothering the baby. And when you're only eating venison and kale... A third thing sounds really good. <laughs> right. We knew or we hoped it wouldn't. We hoped it would help. But at the very least that it couldn't hurt. So then we decided, you know what, we're going to try camel milk. But as you know, we're big fans of raw milk. We like to have raw, fresh, short little chain yeah we like the control that's why we grow our meat our milk we like to have control over those things the whole idea behind homesteady is the idea of taking your home you know my intro that we used to play for the podcast i don't really play it much anymore but the world can be a crazy place but you and me we can each make it a little better we can live a more sustainable life we can do it together so you remember that pretty good. Yeah, I've heard it a couple of times. So we, instead of looking for a place to buy camel milk. Where they would have to ship it to us and, you know, they have a supply that The way could, we say it makes it sound like this is how people normally think. What? <laughs> of course, this is what people do. Instead of just trying to buy camel milk, I started <laughs> pricing out camels. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, we want our homes to be the source. The world's crazy. If we're dependent on, there's very few camel dairies in the United States. Yeah. Something we learned as we started trying to source camel milk, camels are no longer being imported into the United States. So there's a very small amount of them compared to other livestock. And there's 
very few camel dairies. There is one that we know of in Pennsylvania. A couple in Pennsylvania, Two? I think. Yeah. Two in Pennsylvania. There may be more. Maybe They're hours away. Yeah. There is one in Michigan, one in... There's one in California. California. And I'm sure there's a couple we don't know about, but... But it's very hard to find a source. You can't just go down to your local camel dairy and get camel milk. So for us, any purchase of camel milk would require shipping and that product to be frozen. And as we said, we like to know that the things our family needs is right out there in the backyard and we can get. This is before coronavirus outbreak. This is mm. before, you know, there's no toilet paper at the supermarket. This is just how we live our life. We like having the things that make us feel calm and, and um, provided for and, and ready, preparedness. We like to have that growing in our backyard. Mm -hmm. And so instead of looking for a place to sign up for a shipment of camel milk, we started actually thinking about getting camels. <laughs> Just thinking, because I looked online to price out some camels, made a few phone calls, and... They were a big investment, as a big, we, scary investment. As we said, they're, they're not being imported into the States. There's a very limited amount, supply and demand. Anytime this demand for something like camel milk is rising and your supply is mm -hmm. not... And the demand is growing. It's a lot of parents with, who have children with autism spectrum disorder or with food allergies like we have, they're very interested and want to try camel milk so it's popular it's a hot item that makes camels themselves a very expensive animal and not only are they expensive but they're unique our you know local vet doesn't have experience with camels we know this because we asked he said when the uh Circus? Not this. Was it the circus comes through? They right. treat camels. The fair. The fair. Yeah. They they you know do the inspections at the fair. But yeah, so not only is this an expensive animal, but it's one that we couldn't find a local mentor. We couldn't find local support that would really understand it. So it had us kind of feeling like. Yeah, it was a seesaw. I think like. We want to do anything for our baby. Yeah, camel, camel milk. That makes sense for us. We have a farm. We've milked animals. We can, we could do this. We could get a camel. And then it was like, wow, but camels are expensive. Mm. They also have, they're more like goats in how they eat. We already have been through goats. We said we weren't going to do that anymore. We had bad issues with our goats last year and, and how they fit on this property and yeah, so it's a seesaw of we, we, we want, want to do to, this, but we're really scared to do this. This might not be the right choice for us. So to really get a good idea of what was going to be involved, we needed to talk to some camel experts. Hmm. We started making phone calls. I wanted to go do a field trip. I wanted to go and film on a camel farm and, and learn about camels. But not a lot of people were saying yes to that. Finally, I got somebody who was willing to talk on the phone and talk a lot. He was willing to answer a lot of my questions. I probably spent two or three hours in one week calling him and asking him a bunch of questions. He wasn't selling me camels. He wasn't selling me camel milk. He was just being helpful. He said, listen, there's no secrets here. I like helping people get started in camels. I've helped 
out of all the camel dairies and the and people who are, have camels in the United States, I've helped almost all of them. Uh, so he was just a great resource. And as I picked his brain and picked his brain, it became less and less scary. And I knew he had a couple camels he was going to be taking to the auction through our conversations. So I finally called him up one day and I said, how would you feel about not going to the auction, instead selling us, he had two what they call cows, camel females are called cows, and then calves, that's what you call a young camel. So two cows and a calf that he was gonna take to the auction. I said, what if you didn't? What if you sold them to us? Hmm. So we started wheeling and dealing and getting an idea of how much money it was gonna cost and it would be a significant investment. But again, if this will help our baby, help Kay, we already have the infrastructure yeah and we know how to milk animals this isn't a huge leap so we figured you know what keep talking about it keep going back and forth let's do it we decided we told him okay we're interested let's get the vet out let's do vet checks we wanted vet checks on them preg checks on them to make sure we were getting what we hoped we were getting right you need to have obviously an animal who's going to produce milk needs to be pregnant one of the both of the cows were supposedly pregnant but we wanted to make sure with this kind of investment yeah with any even if you're buying a cow the owner says they're they're pregnant get a get a test that says they're pregnant nothing's 100 percent sure yeah in shipment they could lose the calf whatever but at least do your and your due diligence he he said listen you know i don't need to preg test for me I am confident that they are, but if you'd like to have it done, I have no problem. It's going to cost money to get the vet out here and and get this test done. Give me a deposit. Uh, What do you want? Give me a deposit. Baby woke up. Hey, there he is. Okay. (laughs) There he is. All right. So... With things getting more serious, he's like, "Who are you talking to?" <laughs> our camel mentor. Those of you listening, the baby just woke up. So, if you hear little sniffly sounds and little grunts and groans, it's either my belly or the baby. Yeah, blame the baby. With me finally saying yes, we really want to do this. Our uh, our camel mentor, he got very. He wanted to make sure we knew what we were getting into. So he explained in more detail one of the cows. They're older cows. Yeah. That's why he was sending them to auction. His barn was full and these were older cows. They were his cull animals. Not to be killed, just to be sold. And he was very honest. He said, listen, this is their condition. One of them was in good condition and had a calf that she was nursing. The other one was getting older and needed some help and needed a special diet and it's gonna need special <laughs> care. Hi. And hi. The more I listened to the what they were gonna need, he's so wondering Daddy's like, who great. is Daddy talking to? <laughs> the baby great. is smiling ear to ear because he's trying to figure out who I'm talking to. Hi. <laughs> the more I heard about how much special care this second cow needed. I started to feel overwhelmed. We had gone through medical issues with our goats this year, and I felt like, oh, I don't know, maybe this is a mistake. We have no experience with this animal. It's a big investment. We have nobody to mentor us here, teach us here. 
So you said, no, let's not do this. Is that funny? Is that funny? Daddy said no. So you said no. Yeah. We had a discussion at dinner one night, and I just said, you know what? Is it lunchtime? Or is it at lunch? Right, right. We had a discussion. Oh, it was like morning coffee? Because we had the whole day to think about it. Mm Mm-hmm. We're sitting at morning coffee. Well, not morning coffee because we weren't drinking coffee. What were we drinking? You were drinking hot water with lemon then. Yes, that's what I was up to, hot water with lemon. And we were talking about it, and I just said, you know what? There's too many variables. It's a huge expense. We don't know what we're doing. We don't have a mentor. Uh, It's just, it's not going to work. And you, smart enough. I knew I couldn't handle a new animal without your support I I did it with the cows when I could but with the baby this year and the limited diet it means I'm making a lot more and different food it's okay it's okay you don't have to so I knew I couldn't spearhead this effort I needed your energy behind it that's what it came down to and I was scared um and I had to respect that. It was scary. It was a big, crazy, scary thing to do, it felt like. I was disappointed, though. I was in the middle of reading a book called... uh, I was disappointed because I just finished reading a book, Camel Crazy, that was very inspiring about camels and camel milk all over the world. And I'd been getting really excited about being able to try this. This was going to be the thing that helped our baby, the thing that helped me. And even though we could get it, we could buy it, we could get it shipped in, I felt like a little bit of the the hope. I never know how to say this. I don't know. I like, how do I say? What, what changed? I never know what to say. The wind was out of your sails? Yeah. Yeah, it felt like a, a little bit of that. It felt like the wind was out of my sails when he said no. Okay. It was a hope that had been there that was no longer there. You had this hope that maybe this could work and now it was gone. But it's silly to say that. I never know how to explain this because you could still buy camel milk. But that's not homesteady. That's not, you don't have a camel in your backyard providing the medicine that your family needs. It's, okay, I have, a, I have uh, a thing to compare it to. <laughs> You're going to be a goof. I felt there's a book called Keeping the Family Cow. And I read that years ago. But we weren't in, at a place in our life to get a family cow. I remember that feeling after I read that book. I was probably halfway through the Keeping the Family Cow book when I said to myself, you have to stop reading this because this makes me want to buy a cow. It really inspires you. And that's what that book Camel Crazy did for me. It made me fall in love with camels and camel milk. So when you said no... I felt like, oh, like, but that, that was my calling. It was calling me to buy a camel and milk it. <laughs> and when you said no, it felt like I, I just couldn't answer that call. <laughs> I 
Frozen 2 here. She, Kay has grown up since <laughs> the woman yes. that I first met. When she gets a calling. I, I'm a passionate person yes. in a different way than Austin. She's a much more, I don't know, we're, this is a strange one because we both are passionate driven people. But in different, we act on it in ways. different ways. I, I guess the best uh, way to describe this is how we wound up. Uh, getting engaged. Kay is passionate. She, she understands how she feels about something. It takes her some time, but when she makes that click, she said, I love you first, because she knew. I was afraid, and I didn't propose to her until she dumped me, because <laughs> she was tired of waiting for me to make that decision. I have to feel the fear of the wrong decision to know which one is right. Uh, Kay uh, knows which one is uh, right before uh, she doesn't uh, need, she knows which one is right. I have to feel which one is wrong. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. I proposed to her. Discovery she knew we, we uh, should be married. I felt that too, but she knew at first. She said, you know what? I'm tired of waiting. If you don't know, this won't work. She dumped me and that's when I proposed to her. <laughs> You have to know the, like the, yeah, that was pretty good what you said. I don't remember what you said, but it was good. That's how I work. And that's not how you work. <sighs> Although it should be sometimes. Hi. Sometimes I don't. Oh, you don't always make the right decision. <laughs> no, I don't. Just because it's like driven by passion. No, I don't either. I mean, that's not, no one always no makes, one the, right makes the right decision. No one makes the right decision. There, for yeah. all you tease out. Mind blown. Yeah, but that's how we make our... You feel which one is right, and I feel which one is wrong. And a lot of times those align and cause great things. I decided no. She, much different than the woman who I first married or started dating, just said, well, if that's how you feel, then it sounds like you've made a good decision, and I can respect that. And that was that. We were not getting camels. I texted my camel connection and said, you know what? Um, thank you so much for taking all this time with us. We just don't think we're ready for this at this moment. And there, the decision had made and we weren't getting camels. And now, and then I said, but let us know how we can order some camel milk. We'll get it shipped. And the rest of that day, I just felt awful. I just felt like, no, that was the wrong decision. Yeah, you knew it too. It didn't sit right with me. You know, buyer's remorse? This was like... Non-buyer's remorse. Non-buyer's remorse. Like, all day long after saying no, I felt like, no, you should. Really. Yeah. Like... You've missed something big here. Yeah, like, this could help, and you're letting fear get in the way. And you don't do that. Like, I don't let fear stop me from doing things. You know? <laughs> when you look at our life and you look back at the decisions we've made, we've made some pretty like crazy decisions in what we're going to do and how we're going to live our life. And some people might feel that they are scary decisions like, you know what, I'm going to uh, start my own business and go full time creating content about, you know, homesteading and 
They are homesteading. scary decisions. We're going to have kids and more kids and more kids. They That's a scary, scary thing. Yeah. We've never let the fear stop us from making the right decision. And this was the first time ever I let fear get in the way of something that felt like right. And you felt like disappointed in yourself. I did. I was like, I'm Aust from Homesteady. I, <laughs> I produce a show every single week where I'm like, you got to get chickens and you got to get pigs. And Just you got to start it. Make the first step. growing your food. Don't hold back. And here I was like going, mm, no, the numbers don't align. Oh, no. It's too risky. I'm afraid this isn't going to work. It is risky. And so at dinner time, I was sitting there. I looked at you. I said, how do you feel? You remember what you said? Disappointed. I was like, yeah, me too. I feel like I made the wrong decision. And that's when you said the perfect thing. You said, we could just get the one. (laughs) (laughs) That's not as scary. No. Two cows? That's scary. But just one and the calf? That's not scary. That's not as scary. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. That's like much less expense. We don't have to get the one that needs all the special health care. We can get the cow and the calf that are doing good. She's pregnant. Uh, and that very night, I texted. If it was that moment because it felt like, hurry up. So he's going to sell her. Buy her. Yeah, like you just put her on Craigslist. Camel for sale. <laughs> and you did. You called and he didn't pick up. And I think <sighs> then you texted, right? Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we'll take her. I don't mean to go back and forth. It's just really scary, but we want to do this. We want to do it. And uh, He hadn't canceled the vet yet. Nope. He still was having the vet to come do the preg test. So uh, That was a week before the camels arrived on the farm. Yeah, it happened quickly. It happened very quickly. He was like, you want them? Yes, okay, I'm bringing camels. He was in between calvings. It just happened to be the, an open week that he had. So a few days after we said yes, he was showing up with the trailer. One thing on the YouTube channel, lots of people have asked us. We have not answered this question yet. Why didn't you at least try camel milk first before you got it? Before you got camels? And <laughs> You're not letting me answer this one, right? Why? <laughs> I was like, why? You don't know. Good question. No. We've got a different situation here. I think that's what it comes down to for us. We have the property for the animals. Ouch. We like taking care of the animals. I really enjoy This is one of my favorite things to do is care for things. There's a reason I have five kids. <laughs> I have to stop. <laughs> so I'm going to be the one with the animals. There's a reason we have cows and chickens because we like this life we like this agriculturally centered life uh, camels camel milk fit into that more than just buying the milk we have a channel where we share our mini milk cows and our chickens and our you know all our other animals and we knew they would fit in well with that yeah people would like to see them they're a different animal so People like to see them. And that's one thing we've learned from 
camels is that they they're fascinating. They fascinate people. Yeah, they are impressive. But I think the biggest thing what people don't understand, they kept thinking like, well, what if the milk doesn't work? Uh, we weren't looking for a miracle cure. We were not expecting camel milk to cure all our problems ever. But medically, scientifically speaking, the protein in camel milk, it does not have the proteins in it that cow milk does. So there was very little chance that the, the milk would not at least be something Kay could add to her diet. And some people said in the video, we did a taste test, but people are like, well, why don't you taste test it first before you bought it to see if you even liked it? Which is a good thing to do if it, you can do that. Well, if you're buying milk, Goats. milk for milk, but we weren't buying camel milk for cereal or for milkshakes. Right. It was medicinal. It was, this has helped people in our situation. That doesn't happen overnight. You don't. You don't rebuild your gut biome overnight. So it's something we need to be in for the long haul. And if we don't like the taste, we don't like the taste of a lot of medicine that we take. So it doesn't matter about the taste. This was, you know what, an investment in our family's long-term health. And even if Kay turned out she couldn't have it for some crazy reason, there are health benefits to our whole family here. It, it was a win-win like there was no way camel milk wouldn't work for us it might not do everything we hoped it would but it there was no risk that it wouldn't at least be good for our family to have raw camel milk in our diet fun camels on the channel a nice cozy animal to take care of it, there was really no like make like there was no way this could be a failure for us yeah so for us in our situation as crazy as it sounds, a camel actually made sense. <laughs> Especially yeah. just one and with once, her cat. Right. Once we got past that fear, because there's a lot of things in your life like proposing to the right woman is still scary. I bet proposing to the wrong one's even scarier. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That's like us right there in a joke. From the phone call a week later, they were on their way. And we were like scrambling to get ready. We do not normally do this. Yeah, we don't condone this. I don't like getting animals before the infrastructure is ready for it. I want to be ready. It, it happened faster than we expected. We didn't want to miss this opportunity. The fact that we found... So this is what we found. We found a cow in milk with a calf there to help stimulate her to have the milk letdown happen, which is something you need with camels. The calf was not related to the cow. So he was we can, adopted. So we can use him for breeding when he's ready, hopefully after she calves the next time. In milk, pregnant, calf by her side to help with letdown, a calf that she's not related to, so we can use him for breeding in the future. This was like the perfect find. We, for us, We yeah. did not want to miss out on this. So we just made, you know what? If he's bringing her, we'll be ready. So right. we scrambled. Right, and he could deliver her. We didn't have to go out. So the camels arrived. So the camels arrived. Get your good video in you so you can it. put it on YouTube. Huh? You know it, man. You did your research. 
Well, I will never forget that moment, walking up to the trailer as he opened it up and seeing that cow stand. First time I've ever looked up at a livestock we've purchased. Ladybug was big, but I still looked down at her. This was like, oh. When Ladybug arrived at our farm in Connecticut, she was my cow. So the farmer we got her from said, okay, take a hold of her, you're gonna lead her to the barn. So there was this, this it felt ceremonial, me leading my cow into the barn. Now when Millie, the camel, got off the trailer, the farmer handed her to Austin and said, okay, let's lead her to the barn. I so didn't pick Jay's up your on camel that. <laughs> I have never seen Austin be so smitten with animals, like a farm animal, as he has been with these camels. <laughs> That's true. That started from day one. He came in and he was like, they're amazing. They are. They're an amazing animal. They're... They're just otherworldly. They're yeah. like something we've never seen before. The way they move. They're, they move in like slow motion. Deliberate. They have these big beards and fuzzy heads that the wind blows on and they look very majestic. They're comically majestic, if that's the That's thing. a good way to describe <laughs> them. They, they are awe-inspiring. They make you just like feel like, wow, when you touch them and you, you're, you're with them, they have a calming kind of grounding sense to them. And they're, I thought they were going to be like a giant goat. <laughs> <laughs> like springing around, like climbing up gates. Giant trouble. They are nothing like a goat. They're so, yeah, I've really enjoyed them. They've been an incredible, this is really the start of the story because we're only a couple weeks in and we've been able to try milking. We've been able to try the milk. We've milked twice a day since the first I've milked twice a day Excuse since the morning me. we've had them. I'm out there with you too. Oh, well, I mean, well, this is big though. Like I'm the one who's yes. milking. You're with me every morning and evening and... You're my assistant. Yes, but so it switched. Everything with the cows, I was the taking the, the lead on, and everything with the camels, you're taking the lead on. Yeah, so it's been a huge change. If you're not watching the YouTube channel, you should at least head over and check out a couple of the videos. Just to see them. Yeah, just to get an idea of what we're talking about. As far as camel milk goes so far, what have you noticed? I love it. I love it because... It's something I can have. And it doesn't bother him at all. Yeah. So already... So it's pretty... Just like groundbreaking for us right now. Since since November, I everything I've tried to bring back into my diet has affected him, the baby. But the camel milk hasn't. It's really done some great things for me. I feel really good on it. And I was starting to feel a little run down, tired, and I don't feel like that anymore since I started drinking the camel milk. That's a good point. You definitely were getting like worn out from this limited diet, and that has definitely gone away. I have energy again. Yeah. 
and it, like life. Right. It's not unusual if you're on a very extreme diet. You don't want to be on an extreme diet if you can help it. Yeah. But because I was, I was very tired and felt very stressed. We didn't even say, like, I'm no longer on the same diet as you because our dietitian told us it's dangerous. Like, don't... For me, she said, you should not be on this diet because you don't need to be. So I can help work with Kay and I can make sure she gets what she needs. But you, so I'm on a strict diet still. And it's been really good for us. Our whole family's on a much better, we're eating a whole lot better than we've ever eaten before. We are growing our own food at a level that we've never done before. We're coming into this new year. We're going to be doing all our own meat like we always have. But with feed that is non-GMO, corn-free, soy-free, organic, amazing, like it's very, very different than what we've done before. And it's all thanks to this little guy. Comes full circle. And uh, the camels. And it came at a really good time because now here we are. We're about a month into this huge production. We started raising meat that she could eat because she had a very limited amount of meat she could do. So we started raising meat rabbits. We started raising, uh, we got sheep coming soon. Pigs. Pigs. Everything. All this happened and then like coronavirus happened. And it just has made us feel really good going into this year with all the craziness happening and all the runs on toilet paper in the supermarket and stuff. We are raising really good quality food that is helping our family, that is getting us all feeling better. And, uh, it's all thanks to the fussy baby who's making us end this episode of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so with that. So with that, we're going to shut this one down. You'll hear more of this story in future episodes, but we're limited to the time that we have where the baby's not fussing. And that is uh, over. Not now we have to go milk it. a camel. Ready? Shall we go milk a camel? Let's go. Do you want to milk a camel? I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Because our baby was so sensitive, we had to get camels. You silly baby. You. You're the reason we got camels. Oh, yeah. Throw that. That's how you get your baby. Throw it. All right, podcast audience. I hope you're as excited about this adventure as we are. We did this episode specifically for those of you who don't watch the YouTube channel so you could get caught up on our journey and what's going on at our homestead. There is a link below in the description of this podcast so you can watch a couple of the key videos. Even if you're not a regular YouTube watcher, at least you can see a couple of our videos. And one of the videos, we talk about the Homesteady Pioneer Camel Train. There was a huge expense associated with getting our camel dairy up and running. And to help us launch this camel dairy, we decided we would, for the first time ever, sell lifetime Homesteady Pioneer memberships. That means no more reoccurring payments each month or each year. Every single day I sell a Pioneer membership for $50, and people who buy it for $50 have to pay $50 every single year to get access to the Pioneer membership benefits, which are the extended versions of all our podcasts, the courses and videos that are for pioneers only, the discounts that we get for different vendors for our Homesteady Pioneers, 
and being able to join us live for our podcast recordings. Those benefits are available every day. You can buy it for $50 to gain access for the whole year. For a very limited time, we are selling Homesteady Pioneer Camel Train tickets. Not only do you get a lifetime membership, you also get a one-of-a-kind t-shirt that shows a carton of camel milk on the front. It says, Got Camel Milk. And then on the back of that t-shirt, there are 100 little camels that will identify the camel train. And whichever number ticket you purchase, your little camel is painted gold. And finally, you get a shout-out on our YouTube channel. So if you have your own podcast or your own YouTube channel or Instagram or something you'd like to share with the audience, I'll mention it. I'll tell them what you're up to. Basically, you're sponsoring one of 100 videos that we are producing right now. We're doing 100 days of camel train videos. Every single day for 100 days, we're making a video about our homestead, the food we're growing, the adventure that we're having. The camels are in lots of the videos, but they're not just videos about camels. So if you would like to join the camel train, one of the reasons we rushed to make this episode for you is because it is already almost sold out, and I didn't want the podcast audience to miss out on it. There are only 100 tickets, and 80 of them have sold out. So if you would like a lifetime membership for the Pioneer program, the one-of-a-kind Camel Train t-shirt, and to get a shout-out on our YouTube channel, head on over to thisishomesteady.com. You can click Shop and then Camel Train, or you can just click in the link below in the description for this podcast. We will have a link to join the Camel Train there. You can join the Camel Train. You'll fill out a form which tells us where to ship your t-shirt to and what you'd like me to say in your shout out. So sign up at our website, thisishomesteady.com. You'll get lifetime access to the Pioneer program, no reoccurring payments, and the t-shirt and the shout out. There are only 20 tickets left. So if you would like to jump on this opportunity, I wouldn't wait because it is almost sold out. Don't miss out. Link below for that. And stay tuned because in the next couple weeks, we're going to have a couple special episodes of the podcast, which you'll learn about camel milk. You'll learn about why camels are an amazing option for a homesteader. Uh, And then, of course, we're going to talk about things other than camels, as we always do. We're going to be interviewing someone who will help us get some publicity to grow our homestead businesses and a whole lot more. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in next week's episode. We are now releasing weekly episodes of the podcast. I hope you're enjoying them. Uh, It's so nice to be able to do a podcast every single week, and we're only able to do it with all of you out there listening and being a part of this. So thank you so much. We'll see you next week.